Will y'all, as we dive into the content this morning, um, I started a, a series last week, a series of messages, and the series is called, help me out, what's it called? Kind of obvious, huh? Uh, the series is called Build the Wall. And let me just say, it doesn't have anything to do with Donald Trump's wall. Let's throw that out there. Nothing to do with Donald Trump's wall. It has everything to do with building walls and the importance of building walls of protection around the things in your life that are the most important to you. We, we, uh, we dug into this a lot last week. Our family, how many of y'all would say your family is one of the most important things to you? How about your church? How about your salvation, your heart? And so we dug in last week, we kicked off this series and we kicked off this series with a, a message called Guard Your Heart. We talked about building a wall of protection around your heart. Why did we do that? Here's why. Because Proverbs chapter four and verse 23 says, guard your heart. Y'all should have memorized it last week. Guard your heart. Y'all are reading it. Guard your heart above all else for it determines the course of your life. So if you do not build a wall of protection around your heart, you can guarantee that the course of your life is not going to be what God has for you. You got to build a wall of protection around your heart so that Satan cannot come in. Because Jeremiah tells us that the human heart is the most deceitful and wicked of all things. So if the human heart is the most deceitful and wicked of all things, then I have got to build a wall of protection around my heart to keep Satan from being able to come into my heart to make me stray off of the path of righteousness. Right. Amen? And so we talked about how do we do that? How do we build a wall around my heart? And you fill your heart with, with the word of God and you run from sin. And every single time that you fill your heart with the word of God, and you memorize the word of God. And every single time that you run from sin, what happens, and I showed it to you practically last week, is you begin to build a wall over your heart and around your heart that Satan cannot penetrate because when he attacks, you're ready. Amen? Amen? Amen. You guys are quiet today. I'm going to preach a long time. Hey, also, I want to say this. I got a lot of feedback last week. Um, I talked about one of the most powerful things that my wife ever did was, for me was building for me a warrior book. How many of y'all remember me talking about the warrior book? Uh, several of you text me and said, hey, can I get a hold of that warrior book? And so let me explain to you something cool that we're doing. This was so effective for me. Uh, memorizing these 14 scriptures. I probably had 14 text messages this week. Hey, can I get those 14 scriptures? Can I get those 14 scriptures? So let me tell you what we're doing. And it's, it's, I think it's even more powerful. We are building books right now for you to memorize scripture for specific things that you battle. So if you battle depression and anxiety, this, is, this was pretty much my warrior book. If you battle depression and anxiety, we have a book for you to memorize scriptures so that when Satan comes and he tries to hit you with depression and anxiety, you can fight back with scripture. So powerful piece of your life. We have a book for uh, scriptures to memorize for sexual purity. So good. Anybody ever deal with sexual temptation? Oh, come on, y'all. 87% of men have some kind of sexual addiction. A lot more than y'all that lifted your hands. Nobody wants to say that in church because sex is one of those things that you don't talk about in church. But listen, scriptures to memorize about being pure and staying out of sex, being pure sexually. How about scriptures to pray over your children? Scriptures for infertility. 
And so we have several different books. I have some of these books on the altars. We have some of these books on order. What we want to do, listen to me. This is so important. If you memorize scripture on things that you know Satan is going to attack you with, like my identity that I talked about last week, if you memorize scriptures combating his attack on your identity, then you can attack back and your wall can be strong. But if you do not memorize those scriptures, chances are he's going to be able to get at your identity. So we have books that are coming that if for, for specific things that you battle, some of them are on the altar. I know that we, the only one that we have professionally made that came in is the depression and anxiety. They're, they're on the altars. Uh, so if you need to grab one of those, grab those. But memorizing that scripture is so important on building, building this wall of protection. Um, so now week two, we're on week two. And I believe, and I, I told you this last week, I believe if you will apply these three messages to your life, it'll change your life. I believe that. If you apply what you learned last week to your life, it'll change your life. I've already received tons and tons and tons of victory stories about guarding hearts this week. Now, this week, I want to talk to you about, and this is so crucial, building a wall of protection around your mind. <laughs> Listen, as we get into this, I want to go back to the story of Nehemiah. So Nehemiah goes back. Uh, let, me, let me recap where we're at in the story of Nehemiah if you weren't here last week. So the story of Nehemiah. Nehemiah is a cupbearer for King Artaxerxes. Uh, what has happened in Jerusalem with Israel, Israel turned away from God. God brought in the uh, Babylon and the Persians to come in and just wipe out Jerusalem, burnt the city to the ground, took out the wall, burnt the walls to the ground, and brought the people into exile. And so they've been in exile for 40 years. After 40 years, they begin to build the city back. They build the temple back. They build most of the city back. And then what happens is 70 years after, so they've been building for 30 years, 70 years in, then Nehemiah is the cupbearer to King Artaxerxes. And what happens is there's 70 year, years after the exile that uh, Nehemiah is called by God to go and build the wall back. Okay, so he goes back to Jerusalem. They begin to build the wall back. And then we're going to start in Nehemiah chapter four. If you have your Bible, Nehemiah chapter four and verse six, it says, at last, they've been building y'all, at last. The wall was completed to half its height. That's about where we're at. If you're five foot eight. <laughs> the wall was completed to half of its height around the entire city for the people had worked with enthusiasm. Now listen to me. Remember, before they started rebuilding the wall, do you remember what the guys told Nehemiah in chapter one? What he told them in chapter one, and I'll read it to you. It says, things are not going well for those who return to the providence of Judah. They are in great trouble and disgrace. The wall of Jerusalem has been torn down and the gates have been destroyed by fire. They are in trouble and disgrace because the wall was down. Now in chapter four, they get this baby up to half of the height. And you know what it says? No more trouble, no more disgrace. It says that they have been working with enthusiasm. Yeah. Nehemiah came in, he began to lead the people in the building and the structuring of this wall and they begin to get excited. They're not thinking, oh God, we're still in trouble. We're in shame and disgrace. They are getting enthusiastic about where they are and about what's being done. And now there's hope that we can have a city that is protected again because the walls are coming back up. And if the walls are up, then we're protected. And that's where they're at in their mind. And then we get to verse seven. You ready to read this part? Verse seven says this. And we're gonna read through verse 12. It says, but when Samballot and Tobiah and the Arabs and Ammonites and Ashdodites 
heard that the work was going ahead and that the gaps in the wall of Jerusalem were being repaired, they were furious. They all made plans to come and fight against Jerusalem and throw us into confusion. But we prayed to our God and guarded the city day and night to protect ourselves. Then the people of Judah began to complain. Man, the workers are getting tired. There's so much rubble to move. We'll never be able to build the wall by ourselves. Meanwhile, our enemies were saying, before they know what's happening, we will swoop down on them and kill them and end their work. Verse 12, the Jews who lived near the enemy came and told us again and again and again, they will come from all directions and attack us. You ever notice in your life that when you start doing something good, like when you start to make a difference, when God calls you to something and you actually accept the call to do what God's called you to do, what happens is the haters always show up. You ever find that to be true? It's like, hey, you know, back when I wasn't really doing much of anything, when I was Nehemiah the cupbearer, and all I did was sit in the chair beside the king and sip on his juice to make sure it didn't have poison in it, and, and I didn't have a whole lot going on in my life. When I was doing that, nobody ever came against me. But then God stirred in me to make a change, to, make, to, to turn the world upside down. He stirred in me to do something that gave me and his people purpose. And when I begin to do something that gave me and his people purpose, here come the haters. Y'all, I have found that to be true so many times in my life. And probably the most recent one was Hell House of, of, of last year when we did Hell House and the whole church of Wells showed up and they were out front and they had these speakers that were yelling all these crazy things at us. I remember uh, uh, they would point their fingers at me and, and yell, prophet of Satan. Josh is the prophet of Satan. And they would start yelling things like, if you go to church at Clawson, you're going to burn in hell. I mean, like, I would say that's haters, y'all. Anybody else? Like they're, they're, if you're familiar at all with the Church of Wells, you know they're nuts. Okay, they're gone. You can watch them online. Just type in Church of Wells. They, they, they protest at vets' funerals and all kind of stuff. And it's just, it's absolutely ridiculous. But so they were out there protesting. Listen, what happens is when you, you know what I wanted to say? You know what I wanted to say to them? Go do something that matters. Like literally what hell house is, is the message of salvation. You walk through and you see all of the darkness and you see the world that we live in and you see that you can have, at the end of it, you see that you don't have to live in that darkness. There's a way of life. And if you'll just follow Jesus and then there's a salvation message and we had 200 and something people get saved and I wanted to go, you're out here screaming that we're going to hell. Are you kidding me? Go do something with your life. But you can guarantee when you step up to do what God's called you to do, or even if you just try to do something good, the haters are coming, y'all. Anybody ever find that true in your life? It's probably exactly what Nehemiah was thinking. Like, really? Really, guys? Like, all we're doing is trying to make ourselves better. And you want to come and attack us for trying to make ourselves better. 
I mean, that's how people are. So here's what happens, y'all. Israel's attitude. In chapter 1, you see that they're disgraced and they're shamed and they're in this bad place. In chapter 4, you see that they are pumped and they're excited because they got the wall halfway built up. And they're like, yeah, baby, this is going on. They're working with enthusiasm. And then in the latter part of chapter 4, what happens? The haters show up and they get discouraged. Nehemiah chapter 4 and verse 14 Nehemiah said, then as I looked over the situation, I called together the nobles and the rest of the people and I said to them, don't be afraid of the enemy. Remember the Lord who is great and glorious and fight for your brothers and your sons and your daughters and your wives and your homes. I love that. Remember the Lord and fight. Turn to your neighbor and tell him, remember the Lord. What what does Nehemiah tell them to encourage them? Here's what he tells them to encourage them. Remember who we serve. Remember how big he is. Amen. 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 Y'all, our minds, our mind, our mindsets and what we believe in the stances that we take are so stinking important. So important. Here's what Henry Ford said. I love this. One of my favorite quotes of all time. He said, whether you think that you can or you think that you can't, you're right. That is so good. I love this. It shows how important our thoughts are. And if we're going to have a mindset, uh, uh, the right mindset, we got to build a wall of protection around our mind. So if you're taking notes, the title of the message is Guard Your Mind. What happened was Israel was building a physical wall to protect their city, but they did not have a spiritual wall built around their minds to stop that discouragement from coming in. And so they got really, really, really discouraged when the enemy came. Whether you think you can or you think that you can't, you are right. You know, everything in your life starts in your heart and then it goes to your mind in a thought. And what you do with that thought literally controls the destiny that you have. Let me show you how that plays out. Another one of my favorite quotes, Leo Tzu. He said, watch your thoughts. Listen to this, it's so powerful. For they become your words. And watch your words, for they become your actions. Watch your actions, for they become your habits. And watch your habits, for it becomes your character. And watch your character, because it becomes your destiny. Your thoughts and what you allow to come into your mind leads to your destiny. So important what you do with your thoughts. Okay, so how do we build this wall of protection around your mind? How do we practically do that? I promised you practical pieces. I'm not just going to tell you it's important. I'm going to tell you how to do it. How do we build this wall of protection around our minds? I got three truths that I want to share with you this morning. Number one in your notes that you want to write down is this. Allow the Lord to transform your mind. Allow the Lord to I hope it was so quiet because people were writing. <laughs> can I share with you something that's really hard for you to hear? Can anybody give me permission, please? Okay, thank you. Um, it, it's, it's especially hard if your last name is Pogue to hear. And, and here's what I want to share with you. You're not always right. You know how I know? Because you're human. 
You're not always right. Can I take that a step further? Somebody give me permission, please. Just because you were raised to believe something does not mean it's right. Just because you learned it in church does not mean it's right. And just because you are so passionate about something that you're going to die believing it that way does not mean that it is right. And as hard as it is to say, I'm not always right. Just 98.5% of the time. (laughs) Really, David? Listen, that's the truth, y'all. I told you it's hard to believe, but it's the truth. You know what else, y'all? This can be encouraging to you. God is always right. Now, I may not be always right, but God is always right. So when Josh can take my thoughts and my stance and my mindset and I can align it with the thoughts and the mindset of God, then Josh can be right. But so many times what happens is we want to take what our flesh wants us to believe and we want to take what we've been trained to believe or what we just got to die believing and we want to believe that that is right. And so many times it actually contradicts what God believes. I told you I wasn't easy. You know, the only way that I can allow God to transform my thoughts and, and, and the mindsets and the things in me that are wrong, it's not easy to do. As a matter of fact, y'all, the more vocal that you are about the things that you believe, the harder that it is for me to change it. Right? Some of y'all need to stay off Facebook. Because you know that your thoughts are wrong, but because you done Facebooked it 100,000 times, you can't really go back on what you said now. Because then it makes you look stupid, right? You know what I found? One of the only ways that we can allow God to change our mind is by allowing him to break our pride. Oh, really, Lord? But you know what we do a lot of times is we put our pride above what God is telling us. Well, Lord, I've already believed this my whole life. This is just the way that it has to be. God's got to tear down our pride, y'all. I bet every single person in this room, including me, We've got areas in our lives that we need to shift what we think and we believe that we're right. Maybe you don't even know what it is right now. Maybe God's gonna show you during this message things that we think that are right that God has been trying to shift in you for a long time, but you just won't let him. Either, either because you don't know or you've just shut it out. The Holy Spirit used to deal with you on that and you just, you just shut him down so many times that he stopped dealing with you on that. Maybe today you need to open that door back up for the Holy Spirit to deal with you on that. Or because you are just so dead set that you are right, that if God himself came down into the room in an audible voice told you that you're wrong, you're gonna argue with him. It's hard to change your mindset. It's hard to change the things that I believe when I have been raised to believe these things. But listen to me. It's so stinking important. You know how important it is? Romans chapter 12 and verse 2. It says, let God transform you into a new person by changing the way that you think. You know what that means? That means Josh Pogue BC before Christ is dead. That means his thoughts is dead. 
His mindsets is dead. His stances that he took is dead. And I am being made new in Christ. And what happens so many times is we give God so many parts of our lives, but then we hold on to things that we think are just so important that I got to hold on to this thing. And we never let God in to transform those thoughts. You are quiet today. Listen, in order for us to allow God to transform our minds, we have got to give him access to question and challenge the way that we think. Oh, do you know that God uses the Bible to do that? You ever been reading through the Bible and it's like, whoa, I didn't know that was there. Hang on, let me go. And the Lord starts stirring inside of you something that you should be changing because of what you just read. You know, he also does it through the Holy Spirit. One of the benefits of being a New Testament believer is Jesus gave us the Holy Spirit. And so many times what happens is the Holy Spirit comes in and he tries to shift and change our mindset. Maybe we didn't listen well when we were reading, so now he's trying to shift it. God also uses mature believers. He uses Bible. He uses the Holy Spirit. He uses mature believers. He tries to get you in every way that he can to shift the things in your mind that need to change. I remember growing up in church, y'all. How many of y'all grew up in church? Oh, a lot. Good, y'all are going to be a relatable group. I remember growing up in church, sometimes it felt like if you questioned something in church, like if you questioned a belief or if you questioned a stance that the church took, then you were just rebellious. Anybody ever feel that? I remember growing up in church. Y'all, listen, I must have had a hundred conversations with people in church about why tattoos are wrong. A hundred. Can I I be honest with you? I was not trying to be rebellious. I like tattoos. So what's what's the big deal about liking tattoos? So listen to me. I need you to stay with me here because some of you already just shut down. Open the door back up. I'm not the Holy Spirit and I'm not God, but I'm going to challenge you. Okay, so what happened was I'm a young believer and I'm having questions and I ask another believer, is the tattoo wrong? Well, yeah, it's wrong. Well, why is it wrong? Well, just open up your Bible. You turn to Leviticus chapter 19. Okay, I have this conversation over and over and over again. And I'm trying to have somebody either justify to me and tell me that a tattoo is right or literally prove to me through scripture that it's wrong so that I can know that it's wrong. Okay, I'm trying to be a mature believer. And so they turn with me to Leviticus chapter 19. And they go right here in Leviticus chapter 19. This is why you should not get a tattoo because it says right here in Leviticus chapter 19 that you should not mark your body for the dead or tattoo your body. And I would very respectfully say, okay, have you read the rest of that chapter? Because if you haven't read the rest of that chapter, I just, I, I'm not challenging you. I'm trying to understand. I understand that lying is wrong. Jesus did whole teachings of the New Testament, big time. Lying is wrong. I get it. I understand that murder is wrong. But if you're telling me that a tattoo is wrong because Leviticus 19 says that a tattoo is wrong, then why do I have my temples cut? Because Leviticus 19 also tells me, don't cut the hair on my temples. And Leviticus 19 also tells me that I can't shave my beard. So why do you have your beard shaved? Because if I'm being rebellious by wanting to get a tattoo, you're being rebellious by shaving your face. And, and why do you have clothes on that are, that are sewn out of multiple materials? Because Leviticus 19 says, don't wear any clothes 
that are made out of multiple materials. So I'm a young believer and I'm trying to understand and I'm trying to understand if something is wrong. And so what happens is they throw Leviticus 19 at me and then I go, okay, help me to understand because I want to show you something that also says this and this and this and this. And why is it that you're doing all of those things? But if I do this one random thing in this chapter, then I'm wrong. And you know what they would say to me? Well, you're just trying to be rebellious. No, I'm not trying to be rebellious. I'm trying to understand and learn and be mature. And if you, if you, you know what I honestly believe? Can I, can I talk to you for just a second on Josh Pogue? You know what I honestly believe? I honestly believe that we in the church made tattoos a sin because number one, we could justify saying that the Bible said it. Leviticus 19 says it, so the Bible says it, so you better not do it. Okay, well, it says all those other things too, man. So we justify that one thing because the Bible says it and because we don't want our kids to do it. And because the Bible says it and we don't want our kids to do it, we pick and choose on so many stinking things in the Bible where we say that is wrong because the Bible says it is wrong. But then we confuse our children because then we do everything else in that chapter. Can you understand maybe why I was confused? So I'm growing up and I'm, I'm questioning and any time that you question something, you're gonna get challenged. Listen, I wasn't trying to be rebellious. I was trying to understand. And I understand now and I believe now that what happened was in the church world, they took this scripture and most of, you know, when tattoos really got started in the American culture, what happened is they were really coming out of like a, a biker scenario and they were coming out of a, a way that we called worldly. So most people that were getting tattoos in that time in that day looked very and acted very worldly. But listen to me, it wasn't the tattoo that made them worldly. It was their actions and their behavior that made them worldly. But in the church, what we did is we picked that thing and we said, because the world's doing it. Do you know how many things that we do that the world does? You buy a car, you got a TV. The world's doing, okay, listen, listen, Linda. I'm, not, I'm, not, I'm, I'm trying to be serious with you. I like to be funny, but I'm trying to be serious with you. Y'all, we've done that with so many things. I came encounter with a church the other day. It absolutely broke my heart. I'm talking about mind shifts that need to, to, to shift. Religious mindset, they should be challenged. That's why I wear my hat a lot of times at church. Religious mindsets, religious spirits, they should be challenged because they're not biblical. Jesus even said it, it's man-made stuff that we put on people that they can't even follow most of the time. And so listen to me, if you, and can I be honest with you, the generation that is coming up after me right now, they want proof of everything. And the last thing that we need to do is start screaming at them that something is wrong because Leviticus says it or whatever, and we should show them Jesus by the way that we act. You want to see proof of Jesus? Let me show you proof of Jesus because he changed my life when I, was, when I was in drugs and when I was a sinner and when I hated God. He changed my life and that is proof and he can change yours too. There are my, if you are here and, and, and you, I think it's healthy to challenge and want to understand why you believe what you believe. 
I think the, the church for a long time just listened and went with what was taught. And they were actually mature. They just listened with what they were taught. And they, they, did, they, they, they were confused on why they believe what they believe. You should know why you believe what you believe. You should dig in and understand the word. Somebody say amen. amen. I cannot tell you how many times that God has transformed my thinking and showed me where I had the wrong mindset. But I do believe it was because I gave him access to question me and challenge my thoughts. I was saying a while ago, I heard the other day, a church that if you are not the same color of skin than the rest of the church and you're coming in, you can't be a member of that church. And I was like, that should be challenged. Someone needs a kick in the face. Amen? Amen. That is ridiculous. I'm tempted to to challenge that. Listen, that's a religious mindset. It's a religious spirit. And it is not just not biblical, but it is unbiblical. That is against the Bible. And God, God has so many times had to come into my mind and challenge me in order for me to be able to shift my mindset, to have my mindset aligned with his. And I told you before, he, he shifts and he changes our mindset with the word and the Holy Spirit. So practically, let me talk to you real quick. You want to know how to build a wall around your mind? The very first way that you build a wall around your mind is you got to start with digging in the word. When you dig in the word, and he will do this if you will read your Bible. When you begin to dig into the word and God challenges your thinking and your mindset as you read scripture and you read that something is impure and you have this in your life or you read something in the Bible and God says, I'm showing you this thing in your life, this, this, this series that you're watching in your life, this music that you listen to in your life. When you allow this to challenge you instead of you trying to manipulate the word of God and make it what you want to align your thoughts, Every single time you allow yourself to be challenged and you change your mindset based off of scripture, you are building a wall of protection around your mind. Every single time God gives you a scripture and you take that scripture and you go with the scripture instead of what you've always thought, you are building a wall in your mind. Listen to me now. It's not just the Bible. The Holy Spirit does this too. It's just beautiful, y'all. I cannot tell you how many times I'm sitting in a service and, and I've got things going. I, I remember like it was nothing. I'd been a youth pastor for about five years and I still had so many worldly CDs and I was asking God like, hey, Lord, why are you not moving? Like I want you to move in the youth ministry. And he spoke to me and he said, because you still fill in your life with trash. Yeah. He actually spoke to me and said, if you will get rid of those CDs, then I'll have breakthrough in your youth group. And I went and I trashed all my CDs. You know what happened? That wall of protection in me. Whenever the Holy Spirit was allowed to challenge me and I went with what the Holy Spirit went, every single time that the Holy Spirit does something in you, and I know that he does, and you go with the Holy Spirit, instead of going with yourself, you are building a wall of protection over your mind. Amen? Number two in your notes, if you're following me. So number one, was we gotta let God transform the way that we think and that is so hard. It's so hard because we've been raised so many different ways. Number two in your notes is this, capture your thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Now I briefly 
mentioned this last week when I was talking about scripture and I was talking about one of my favorite scriptures and one of my favorite scriptures is 2 Corinthians 10, 5. And here's what it says. We destroy every proud obstacle that keeps, us, that keeps people from knowing God. We capture their rebellious thoughts and teach them to obey Christ. Stay with, stay with me here. God renews our mind. I can't do that. It's him that does it. God comes in and cleans me and saves me. I am incapable of those things. But I still have a job to do. And my job is when Satan comes in, I have to capture my thoughts. He doesn't do that for me. I have to capture my thoughts and teach those thoughts to be obedient to Christ. Can I be honest with you, y'all? I got to do this like every day. Mo- pretty much all days, it's multiple times a day. Any of y'all drive a car? Y'all ever been cut off in traffic? What kind of thoughts did you have? Oh, bless them, Lord. Holy Spirit. <laughs> I'll be honest with you. I think the most challenging one in a long time is, was during Hell House when they came that one night and they had this gigantic speaker that they put on the, the ground and this guy's yelling in the speaker and it's messing up our scene outside. So I took a box and I went and put the box over the speaker and I sat down on the box. <laughs> it wasn't working. And then as I sat down on the box, this dude shoves me off the box. And when he shoved me off of this box, I had some thoughts. <laughs> If I can be honest with you, church, I had to say, Josh, capture your thoughts. And as you're capturing your thoughts, go ahead and act like Jesus. Because if you don't capture your thoughts, you're probably not going to act like Jesus. Anybody ever been there? Are y'all, are y'all? Okay, thank you. It's not just me. So listen, when I, when I feel my blood pressure beginning to rise because of situations that are going on in my life, Every single, I got this scripture memorized a hundred times over, y'all. You know why? Because my thoughts create the destiny of my life. So every single time that I have a thought that comes into my mind that is impure or wrong or doesn't align with what God has for me, I have to capture my thoughts. And as I capture my thoughts and teach my thoughts to be obedient to Jesus Christ, what I'm doing is I am building a wall of protection. Can, can I tell you something awesome? The more that you are successful capturing your thoughts and teaching your thoughts to be obedient to Christ and acting like Jesus, the more you will act like Jesus because the more protected you are and the higher your wall is to where Satan cannot come in. But you are the one that has to capture your thoughts. Another great scripture to memorize, Philippians chapter 4 and verse 8. It says, and now brothers and sisters, one final thing. Fix your thoughts on things that are true, things that are admirable and right and pure and lovely. Think about things that are excellent and worthy of praise. When you want to know what to think about, when you're going through situations, when things are going on, if you got this scripture, you can go, okay, Josh, capture your thoughts. And while you're at it, think about things that are pure and lovely. And you can spit that out and you can go with that. And it makes you more powerful. 
It helps you to get your mindset in the right place when you spit scriptures at your heart. If you sit around all day just hoping that bad thoughts are going to go away, can I just go ahead and tell you they're probably not going to? That's work that you have to do. You have to proactively replace them with good thoughts. And this is science, y'all. I did a, a, a whole series. As a matter of fact, I did a whole series on this. It was called um, Mind Games. Y'all remember that series? I think it was the most powerful series maybe that I've ever preached. You can go online and watch it. But the, the messages for that series was training your mind, reframing your mind, uh, peace of mind, and there was another one, something about the mind. Uh, but listen, that was one of the most powerful series that I've ever done. So if you're here and you go, okay, I need more information on that, I, I encourage you to go dive into that series. Okay, so number one was what? Allow God to transform your mind. Number two is what? Capture your thoughts. Number three in your notes is this, and this is probably my favorite one, y'all. Remember God's goodness. <laughs> I love this. Remember God's goodness. So Nehemiah goes in chapter four to the people of Israel, the people in Jerusalem, and they went from being bummed to being excited to now they're bummed again. They're in this bad place. Nehemiah goes to the people and here is what he encourages them with. Remember the Lord. Remember the Lord. Can I tell you one of the most powerful things that you can do in your life is remember the Lord? When I'm going through circumstances that are hard and things that just stink to go through, when I just close my eyes and I go back 16 years and I remember when I got saved and I remember all that God has done in the last 16 years, it builds my faith that it doesn't matter what I'm going through. He can take me through everything because he saved my life when I wasn't worth being saved. He healed my marriage even though I did not think that that was able. He did. He spoke to me and used me in so many different ways. Nobody can make me believe that God is not real because he has made himself real to me. And when I'm going through something strong, if I want a powerful wall in my life, when I'm going through something that stinks, if I just remember God and I remember all that he's done, it just brings power. It builds expectation that, you know what? This thing that looked so big to me five minutes ago, it doesn't really look that big to me now. You know why? Because I serve a God that can do all things. When I remember how powerful God is, there's just so much that he, he builds this wall of protection around my mind. Amen? Y'all, this is why we have Celebration Sunday. We got Celebration Sunday in two weeks. We have Celebration Sunday because we never want to forget the testimonies of what God is doing with our people. It's awesome. And when we remember the miracle night that David got healed, when we remember the hip that shifted into place, when we remember all of the things that God has done, it makes us go, you know, I serve the almighty, powerful God. And really this thing that looked so big five minutes ago, it really doesn't look that big today. That's the God that we serve, y'all. So how can we build this wall of protection around our lives and be mature believers? First of all, we can allow God to renew our minds. Second of all, we can capture our rebellious thoughts and teach our thoughts to be obedient to God. Lastly, we can remember everything that God has done. Would you stand with me this morning?
worship team, I'm going to ask you guys to join me up here on the stage and get ready to lead us. Church family, would you, would you bow your heads and close your eyes and let me close this thing out. As I'm talking, I want to invite our altar team to come up. With every head bowed and every eye closed. In just a minute, our worship team is going to lead us in a worship song. And as they do, I want to invite you to do one of three things. First of all, if you're here today and you know that you need prayer, maybe you're here and you're not serving God, you're not living for Him, and what you need today is for Him to renew and restore the relationship that He wants to have with you, Maybe that's you today, and in just a minute, I want to invite you to come up. Maybe you're here today, and you've had some wrong mindsets. And maybe during this service, God has been showing you mindsets. Maybe they've been worldly mindsets. Maybe they've been religious mindsets. If you're here today, and you've had some mindsets that need to change, in just a minute, I want to ask you to come up and get prayer. Maybe you've had issues with thoughts and worry and anxiety and you want someone to pray with you to help you to capture your thoughts. Or maybe you're here and you need prayer for something different. If you need prayer in just a second when we begin to worship, would you come? Secondly, if you're here and you just want to find a place to get with God. Maybe you're not really comfortable with someone praying for you, but you just want to meet with him. Maybe at the altar or, or in a corner or whatever that looks like. Or thirdly... Maybe you're here and you say, you know, I don't really need prayer, but I just want to, I want to build up the name of God. I just want to lift him up and love on him and worship. Listen, as they begin to sing this, would you choose to do one of those three things? If you need prayer today, step out and come get prayer. If you want to get alone with the Lord or you just want to worship him, as we begin to sing this song, would you right now step out and come? Come on, church family. You know the Holy Spirit's moving and you know what you need to do. Would you follow him? <laughs>